Welcome to the podcast at Clark's Room. The podcast is the unedited, unfiltered version of me. They are short snippets of my thoughts on education, technology, and leadership. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Clark's Room. This episode is third episode in a series talking about social media and digital devices like smartphones, Chromebooks, things of that nature. The first one, we talked about how internet trolls are nothing new. They've been around since the invention of communication. There have been people that have been spewing negativity. Episode two of this three-part series was about how we get to choose what we do with that negativity as educators. So as teachers, we can help model for our students and we can help use those examples of when people are being negative to be positive and teach some of that digital citizenship. This one, I'm going to climb up on my soapbox, and if you want to just turn it off now, do it, because I may offend some people, and if I do, that's not my intent, but I I just am very passionate about this. I'm up on my soapbox, and and I'm going to try to not squirrel too much, because there's a lot here. First, I just want to start by saying, you are their parent. You are not their friend. You can tell them no. You can take things away from them. It's okay. We wouldn't turn our car over to a 16-year-old without first training them how to drive it. So why in the world do we give a smartphone with the world in it to our 10, 12, 13-year-olds without training them how to use it? That just boggles my mind. But we do that. So I'm going to start with a little bit of research. Now, I use social media a lot. If you listen to my podcast, you know I push it out on Twitter and Facebook and on on the website and iTunes and and I love technology and I'm very involved on the tech side of education but there's a time and a place so there's this big study there are a lot of studies and I'm going to be pulling some information out of a lot of studies that I found I may or may not quote all where all the studies came from easily findable on Google you just search tweens and social media and you're gonna find just tons of information. One of them was Twinge, a Twinge study, and it was from 2010 to 2015. They took information and they they surveyed about 500,000 adolescents. So that's a lot of kids. And the number of, of adolescents who experienced one major depressive episode increased by 60%. And it also found that kids who spent three hours or more a day on smartphones or other devices, but mostly smartphones, were 34% more likely to suffer at least one suicidal-related outcome than kids that use those devices two hours or less a day. And for kids who use devices five hours or more a day, they're 48% more likely to have a suicidal-related outcome. So you're looking at uh, kind of a threshold of two hours or less a day on a smartphone. And a lot of people think, oh my gosh, my, my child, my student will never be on the device that much. I can tell you this, if they are on a device and it's not managed by you, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, they are on it more than two hours a day. They are on it in between classes. They're on it at lunch. They're on it before school. They're on it after school. And they're on it in classrooms. Um, Sometimes it's a good reason why they're on it. Sometimes it's not. The same study from Twinge also found that kids who use social media daily were 13% more likely to report high levels of depressive symptoms and anxiety. Kids in this study who spent low amounts of time engaged in in person so in person social interaction, but high amounts of time on social media, were the most likely to be depressed. What I liked about this study, because I, I went through a lot, is they said that 
This is not saying that there's a cause and effect relationship between smartphones and, and technology and social media and depression, but there is some relation. And, and also that it's not saying that, that social media and smartphones are evil, but that there needs to be some training and guidance there. A big part of that is parents, and I hear it all the time, are, are afraid with technology because they don't understand it. A lot of them, not all of them. And so they rely on their child to be the expert. Oh, I'm not taking their phone away from them because I don't know how to use it and they do sort of thing. I will tell you, if you're giving your, your child a smartphone, you need to be more of an expert at it than them. And if that scares you, there's many, many, many places you can go to get information and classes on that sort of thing. So you need to be an expert when you give this device to them. Because if you're not, they're gonna do things they can be an amazing child and they can still do things and find themselves in situations that are not great. And why is that? Uh, uh, there's a couple of things and I'm, I'm talking specifically about middle school here. Um, if your child is under middle school age, they should not have a smartphone. That's my opinion, but it's also research based. If a child's under 10, they can have a phone. They, they still make flip phones and they still make phones where you can lock everything down because uh, someone under 10 is not, their brain is not developed enough to even venture into that world. Middle school kids though are different. I'm on my sixth year being a middle school administrator in two different, very different schools. And, and I can tell you middle schoolers are weird, strange creatures, right? It's like you can take the most well-adjusted fifth grader and you plop them on a middle school campus and it's like their brain turns to mush. And what's funny is science backs that up. One of their main goals for a lot of them, right, is to be funny because that is a way that they deflect things. And so they're funny and they're gonna tell bathroom jokes and be inappropriate. They also focus on themselves a lot because they don't know who they are. They're trying new things to figure out, figure out who they are as a person because they're not a little kid anymore, but they're not a high school, they're an adult. So they don't know who they are. They're just learning how to be independent. Their brain's just developing things that allow them to figure that stuff out. And as a parent, oh my gosh, I can tell you this for having a seventh grader, you have to change too because your child who up until this point may have been an amazingly easy child or went through the terrible twos and then you kind of hit a sweet spot, they're not the same person. They, they don't know who they are and they're figuring out and so they're pushing boundaries and you get looks and attitude that you're not used to getting. The dirty little secret is social media and smartphones weren't made for that kind of brain. Their, their frontal cortex is not developed and it can't manage the distraction that social media gives. It, that is a proven fact that their brain is not able to handle that. And so it, it's sort of like a great analogy is you're buying them shoes that are size 12 when they wear size eight. Their feet aren't ready. And if they have access to social media, they are gonna use it inappropriately at some point because they just don't know any better. Their brains can't figure out how to work. Social media can be very addictive. As adults, uh, everybody compares themselves to what they see on Facebook because that's what most adults use is Facebook. Well, most of the students are using Instagram or Snapchat and that's a much faster social media medium than Facebook. And so it's nothing but constant comparison. And, and they really, really become addictive because they want to see what other people are doing and, and how to, they compare to those other people, which is not good for them. It's not what they need. So what we do need to do is we need to slow down some of this because they can't slow it down for themselves. If you have a middle schooler and they have social media accounts, they are not ready for it. 
They're just not, their brains are not developed. Nothing good could come of that. And I can tell you as an administrator, very rarely do I see anything good coming from a sixth grader having a social media account. And if you let your child do that, I'm not judging you because you, that's your child and you know your child. I'm just telling you, it doesn't work well. So some things you can do, you can delay access. You can give them a phone, but not give them social media accounts because they're not ready for it. And if they do have social media, follow their accounts and know their passwords. That's a non-negotiable because nothing is private. They could post something in seventh or eighth grade that comes back to them in 12th grade and can harm their chances of getting a scholarship. If you want, you can create family accounts instead of an individual account, so it's a family account. And, and the biggest thing is to really emphasize that one, they don't need to be spending all their time on it. They need to have a time clock on how much time they spend on their device, whether or not they have social media or not. And two, people are more important than phones. If you're sitting in the same house as a, as a friend, and instead of going and talking to them, you text them, that crosses a line. As adults, I know we do it, but they haven't learned those lines yet. So we need to tell them when you're going over to a friend's house, your phone's away unless you need to contact me for some reason. So those are some ways we give them some guidelines. And then as a family, model it. If you're at the dinner table, don't have your phone out. If you have guests over, maybe you know have a phone, a phone bank where when people walk in, you ask them to put their phones in here. That way we're not distracted and we can hang out. A few things that I think are extremely concrete because you can say, I don't, I don't agree with the word you're saying. That's not how I parent and I, I disagree with you. There are tools out there that you can use that can help you. One is called the Disney Circle. It's about 80 bucks. It's a device that works on your home network and it's extremely easy to set up filters, times. And the great thing about it is it captures history of what every dev device on your Wi-Fi does. That's something you can really do. It's like 70, 80 bucks. And they actually have an app that you can push it to the cell phone. So you can say, you know, social media is not allowed, but, but Chrome browser is, or YouTube can be allowed during these hours, or the phone is shut down from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Or, or whatever you decide. You can set up those parameters and there's nothing they can do to get around it. And it, it's a very effective tool that, that I use. And, and there's some peace of mind there. Another thing is called TeenSafe. It's a website. If you just Google TeenSafe, you can find it. And I found this website because my seventh grader just recently got a phone. TeenSafe has a, a great three-page contract that is written very well. Some of the contracts talked about um, very adult terms, you know, um, sexual predators, things of that nature. And I didn't really want to use that language. TeenSafe's language is very tween friendly. And it wasn't just here, look at this and sign it. We talked through the whole thing. Hey, this is a responsibility. You need to know that this phone, while you are using it, you do not own it. Things like you, you understand that by accepting this phone, you accept that we manage it and, and have a plan on it and things of that nature. It's, it's a really great website that give parents a lot of resources. So those are just two small tools that you can use to help your tween learn how to use devices wisely because they don't know how. Once again, a cell phone, a smartphone has the world in it and it's at their fingertips and just handing it to them without giving them any training is is just downright silly. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't hand a kid, like I said, keys to a car and just say, go figure it out. And so that's my soapbox. I, I once again, this wasn't to offend or sound judgy if you disagree. It's just I have seen so much pain at the middle school level as an administrator come out of smartphones and, and students that have multiple, multiple social media accounts that parents didn't even know about. So you definitely got to set some guidelines and some training. You know, I love the idea of, of being a fenced circle. 
when when your child can show that they can be trusted in a small fence circle, you open the gate and they have more freedom and more responsibility. And then when they negate that trust, what you can do is you can say, well, that that gate is closed for a little bit. You can always earn it back open, but it's closed for right now because you're not being safe. And so it's definitely a, a, a moving target. So those are just my thoughts. I hope some of you out there, it's helpful for you. Technology is very powerful in social media. There's so much positivity on it, but it can be so dangerous if we hand it over wealth without training up our own children. I hope my soapbox wasn't too long or too, uh, uh, too negative for you. Everyone out there, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast at Clark's Room. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Clark's Room or online at clarksroom.com to check out the blog. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Keep living the dream.